Good evening. It's good to be here with those of you who are in the room and those that are joining us um, by way of technology. Uh, we want to welcome you to our Christmas Eve service uh, on this night um, before the celebration of Christ tomorrow that we will do with family and in many different ways. We're different this year than, as you would expect, than in times past. Um, so bear with us in terms of the various elements of the service, but it's our intention to give you a meaningful worship uh, before we go into um, Christmas tomorrow. So join me, and we will have our invocation. Our Heavenly Father, you're the God of love. You've given us the greatest gift of love, Jesus Christ. We pray that in this service, we once again will prepare ourselves to receive his gift. May the Spirit be present with us. May we be renewed in hope so that we can live in peace to experience joy and, and to love, Lord, to love extravagantly. Give us the eyes of children to experience the wonder as we see your light in the world. Give us ears that the familiar stories and songs will be experienced by us in new ways. Help us to open our hearts to your grace because you have come to provide a renewal of your grace with us this night. And then we pray, Lord, that you would be with those who can't be with us tonight, those who are sick, those who are suffering for other reasons. Lord, we ask your blessings on them and be with those who are with family this evening, may you bless their time together. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Please stand and worship with us tonight.
Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 9, reading verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exalt when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. 
the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So tonight we light the ad, all of the Advent candles, and we do so remembering this season in which we have worshipped through singing, through praying. We have remembered the joy of the season and the hope that Christ brings to us. We have experienced joy. And we continue to bask in the love of God that he has given us. These candles remind us that these are our experiences as we come into this Christmas season. So our first lesson from the New Testament is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Please stand and continue worshiping with us tonight. Star 
you join me as we pray? Lord, it's been 2,000 years since the light we are celebrating appeared in Bethlehem. But there remains great darkness around us. And Lord, it seems that it's getting darker. It seems that we can't be civil with one another. We can't make decisions and act upon them that that help people. But Lord, in many ways, if we're okay and if we're comfortable, we're indifferent to those who aren't. This is true not only of us here in the United States, but around the world. There is a darkness. But you have promised, and you had John write it, that that light that came into the world wins over the darkness. So we're here tonight to celebrate that that victory. And even though it appears that that we're moving backwards, we pray, Lord, and we trust that your spirit will guide us and you will enable us to be those who are bearers of the light. That light that came into the world in Bethlehem and has come into our lives in countless places, just for those of us in this room, but that we are a part of a vast host who are celebrating tonight and tomorrow the birth of Jesus, whose name we pray, amen. We're going to continue reading in Luke 2. In that region, you may be seated. I can't see you out there, so if I forget about you, I haven't really. It just appears that way. So let's start over. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste 
and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Please stand again and continue worshiping with us tonight. singing with us, A Little Town of Bethlehem, 
Could it be this baby in my arms sleeping now so peacefully? The Son of God, the angel said, How could it be?
could show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? He looks so small, his face and hands so fair. And when he cries, the sun just seems to disappear. But when he laughs, it shines again. How could it be? Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? For all my life I've been a simple carpenter How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? How could it be this baby in my arms? Sleeping now so peacefully The Son of God, the angel said how could it be? What are the odds you think that we're going to remember this Christmas Eve? You know, this one will set the stage for others to come, but my expectation is, is that each of us could describe numerous Christmas Eves that we've experienced with family and friends, that we've experienced in worship, but none like this one. We've come together and we're worshiping in this room and literally uh, across this nation. I, I know at least our row that we usually, our two rows, I guess, with all of our kids and grandkids that we usually have on this night, um, those people are dispersed and are joining us on, online. Um, and like you, we wish we could all be together but that's not prudent tonight. What is Christmas Eve if it's not a time for families to gather? For some, there's an opening of a present or some presents. For others, you can't dare touch them until Christmas proper. There are TV specials. There's It's a Wonderful Life. All of these things have become a part of Christmas Eve tradition in America. Well, I received a message today from a pastor friend in Rwanda. And Yosef and, and uh, his wife were in masks. 
sending, sending us a, a family greeting. That was unexpected. Christmas Eve concludes all of these things, and, but it's more. There is a gift that we cannot find under any tree. We know this. That's why we're gathered together for worship. We come to be with others who feel the need for this gift. And so we're here. giving thanks for that special gift of Christmas. But we know a secret. We know that that special gift isn't just a baby. Those of you who are parents will recall the last few weeks before your children were born, won't you? You talked and you dreamed together about the life that was about to join you. You, you wondered about those things, and in, in years past, you wondered whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. That mystery's taken out. But mostly, we wondered what kind of person was joining our family and what kind of life they would live. We don't just speculate about the birth of a baby we speculate about the life of a child. So it must have been with Joseph and Mary. Now, I know in our Christmas pageants, we have them sneaking into Bethlehem just in the nick of time. But it was very likely that they had been there for, for some weeks, if not longer, staying in the home of a relative. And I bet there was plenty of conversation about this baby and what it would be like. Mary and Joseph knew a secret. They had had angels appear to them and share with them a hint of what the life of this child was going to be like. But wouldn't you, have just, wouldn't you just like to have had a recording of their conversations? The Christmas gift is first born as a baby. The hope we have of tomorrow is God showing us how this baby worked his wonderful plan. The gift wasn't just for Mary and Joseph. The angels appeared, and they began to expand those who would receive this gift. And the first was a group of shepherds. Others would be added. Did you ever wonder why? It was, it was shepherds that received this invitation from the angels? Why not the priests? Wouldn't that stand to reason? If the Savior of the world was coming, wouldn't it stand to reason that the priests would be invited? Or the Pharisees or the Sadducees? Why the shepherds? Because God's gift is often surprising. Surprising in how they come and surprising in what they do. Here, the working people, a group of working people that were looked down upon by everyone else were called. The privileged classes were ignored. Here, the less educated came and the better educated were ignored. 
Here, those who devoted their life for caring for dumb animals were told of the work of God. While the religious leaders of the nation were left in the dark. God's Christmas gift came as God planned, not as we would have expected. Matthew tells us that that first Christmas was also shared with foreigners, the Magi, <coughs> scholars from the East, probably what's now Iran, the scientists of their day had received a prophecy, and they had seen a strange light, and they came to Judah in search of a king. Now, they weren't scientists like we know today, but that's what they were. This prophecy coincided with the Hebrew prophecy regarding the birth of a special promised child. And these men followed the star in search of the answer. How long they traveled, we don't know. We're not certain that they came from Iran, but most probably, but they came following the sign and they met God's child in Bethlehem. You think they would have been satisfied to just find a baby? No. They had to find a message of promise. They had to find a child that would grow, one that would assume responsibility, one that would make a difference in the world. That was their expectation all the way from the east. So we come now to this Christmas Eve, <clears throat> and we're here because of that same child of promise. His life fulfilled the promise, and he truly became the gift of Christmas. So, yes, we think of Jesus as the baby. We sing about away in the manger. We sing about the, the baby come among us. We picture in our mind all these Christmas pageants that we've seen in the past. But if we don't see other images that aren't included in those pageants, then the promise of this night will never be complete. For Christmas to be meaningful, other things come to mind. A wedding in Cana, a ship on a stormy lake, fishermen leaving their nets, Lepers being healed. Pharisees sulking in the background. A nighttime rendezvous with Nicodemus. Tax collectors, prostitutes. A cross. And an empty tomb. All of this resided in this baby in this manger. This was the promise. 
that in all of these events and more, we would discover Emmanuel, God with us. And if there is a message of hope for this night in the darkness of this world, it is Emmanuel, God with us. We can only speculate and wonder if the events of these days aren't causing people to consider again the need they have for God to be a present and active reality in their life. Can, can we even hope and pray that God is being born into the lives of many because of the darkness that we're experiencing? Hope, joy, love. Where can you find them? Except here, tonight. You know, we shouldn't discount the fact that Jesus came as a baby and then we've experienced more than we experienced more because isn't that the way we meet God? We come to God confessing our sins and asking for salvation, for a new birth for ourselves, that we would become new babies. But new babies with hope and promise ourselves. And then we would experience God in the, in the walking of life, in the living of each day, and that God would be present, Emmanuel. And that we would grow. And our faith would become more and more secure and more and more comfortable. He, <clears throat> he calls us to salvation, and then he expects us to draw near to him, to be obedient, to be growing disciples. He promises us his love, then sets it up so that we have to learn to love by living with each other. He offers forgiveness. And then the irony is the only way we learn forgiveness is by extending it. God with us is the gift of Christmas. God with us is the hope for our world. Let us recall when we see images of this babe that we should anticipate him being fully grown, dying on a cross. In our lives, we have to let the gift of Christmas have this ability to develop. We need to see, even in the beginning, what God intends at the end. You and I, sitting in this room, you and I joined together by, the, the, by technology. You and I, as part of a host around the world, celebrating that God is with us. And so tonight, we come to light the Christ candle. Now, if we were strict, we would have to wait for about five hours and 20 minutes 
but it's not supposed to be lit before midnight. Anybody want to wait? I'll take that as a no. Okay. I brought some, I brought some snacks just in case somebody wanted to. But as we light this candle, we do so in celebration of his coming. Light has come into a dark world. The darkness can't put it out. And when light has come, it changes things. And then we understand what John wrote and the first letter. Our reading is John 1, or 1 John 4, 7 to 21. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is, is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as Savior of the world, God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, and hate their brothers or sisters, are liars. For those who do not love a brother or a sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. 
The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. So tonight, tonight we remember that Christ entered into the world. We're going to sing Silent Night. Normally we would have a sharing of the light. But tonight we're going to do it symbolically. I have prepared two candles on the stage and two on the altar to represent the light that must be passed from the light of Christ in the world. And that you and I must be the ones who do that. Please stand and sing with us.
Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Silent night, holy night, wondrous star, lend thy light with the angels. me. Be frustrated that we can't do what we want to do. That circumstances keep us from lighting this room with candlelight as we normally would. Then imagine that to be the various obstacles that you will experience as you take that light that is in you as followers of Christ, those obstacles that will, will try to hinder your sharing that light with those around you in your living. So pray with me that we will overcome not just this virus, but any obstacle that is placed before us and the distribution of God's blessed light. Tonight, we are receiving an offering for the World Evangelism Fund, as we normally do. So if you've come prepared uh, to share in, in giving to that fund so that the light may go forth from this place around the world, we invite you to do so. If not, let us be dismissed with prayer. Lord, you have called us here to rejoice. We have call, you have called us here to celebrate this birth and the life that has changed the world. Help us to go into a world that is longing for the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that we can experience as members of your family, as the redeemed, as those who live in righteousness because of your grace. May we share that light in powerful ways that will bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you and Merry Christmas.